are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to your favorite day of the week. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by Adam Mattis. Today's show is brought to you by CBDMD. Getting a good night's sleep can be much easier said than done, but don't worry because our good friends at CBDMD have exactly what you need to get the sleep you deserve. CBD PM blends melatonin and other self-promoting ingredients with 500 milligrams of high-quality CBD to create a powerful and effective sleep aid. And to make it even easier to get your year started off right, they're offering all our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code NBA at checkout. Once again, that is CBDMD.com, promo code NBA for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD products from CBDMD. Adam, I think the Lakers had a bunch of CBD in their system for this game. Well, you know, CBD is non so psychoactive, Anthony. You come from a place you don't, you don't, maybe you know all of the full benefits. No, they of look CBD. sleepy. They look sleepy. Not well, high. It's the, the melon. It's the, you know, it's the other stuff that's in there. The, the chamomile that makes it sleepy. Anyway, uh-huh. I don't, I don't begrudge you for not being as well versed in CBD. Um, Something's up with Colorado. the Lakers, is all I'm saying. <laughs> they might have THC in their system, Anthony. They might have THT, THC. they have too much THT in uh, their system. <laughs> THT, look at what I don't People, this is what I'm dealing with. I can't educate this guy. No, um, yeah, I mean, I think the Lakers were just really lacking a a, uh, a full dose of Everything. Anthony Davis. And, uh, you know, if they could find a way to get some Anthony Davis back, I think they'll be good again. That's my prediction. <laughs> But I do predict that when they're when they're going to be short him, I we I, did I say this on last week's show or have I just been texting it to you nonstop since uh, since he went down? Well, we were laughing because you like to take the victory lap on both sides of this coin, where the Lakers okay. don't look as good with Anthony Davis, and then no, 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 also, I never, never, never said they don't look as good with Anthony Davis. No, what without without Anthony Davis. Oh yes, actually, I said, absolutely, I did say that. Yeah, you said that they were going to be bad without Anthony Davis, but right. also LeBron isn't lifting a medium uh, a mediocre roster when anthony davis sleepwalks so it's it's weird it's weird it's a weird dynamic <laughs> that your uh, analysis has taken on this year. i, so I don't Lake- understand where i'm at but i do but this game was interesting <laughs> though and I'm, I'm just trying to keep it moving here this game was interesting though because it was i thought and tell me what you think but i thought this was a total yeah. domination from brooklyn brooklyn of Absolutely. course missing kevin durant uh lakers of course missing anthony davis and it's you can't get a real read on these two teams without those guys because they're obviously enormous. The teams are completely different with them. But this was a game where the only question throughout most of the game was whether or not the Lakers were going to lose by 10 or 20 because the Nets kept getting up 20, giving up a little bit of a lead, mm-hmm. get back up 20 very, very quickly. Um, and it just was kind of a dominant performance. Tonight's show, as per usual, we're going to take you guys uh, on a tour of the games that took place Thursday night, second uh, segment we are going to discuss the all-star starters that were announced and then in the third segment adam's uh, latest power rankings are going to take you through the game's best artists and and he has a super scientific method uh as to how he's defining <laughs> really who don't. is an artist uh a scientist and a force of nature right yeah, that was the three go. words that you a were four, using i think a force but yeah uh, so, so that's uh, that's the plan for the show. Let's actually just dive since we were talking about it anyway. The Lakers yeah. lose to the Brooklyn Nets, one hundred nine to ninety eight. Uh, the Nets were playing without Kevin Durant. Lakers were playing without Anthony Davis and Dennis Schroeder. And the Lakers, uh, once again, you know the the games that they've played without Anthony Davis, they just really struggle to get stops. And you know, it's funny. I think this this roster 
in general is better than it, it was last year, but it is way uh, <laughs> worse equipped to deal with an Anthony Davis absence. They don't right. have anybody who can defend the rim. They don't have any long athleticism in the front court and it just continues to show up in the worst of ways. And now that you know, the Lakers are about five days removed uh, or, or, or we, we have about five days before the Lakers are capable of adding somebody to their roster in that 15 spot. Uh, I think they're really going to have to look to, to find somebody now that we're getting note from the Lakers that Anthony Davis is probably going to miss another four weeks or so. Right. Yeah. I think there's no doubt. I, I mean, you've been hammering this, I know on your show and, and, and just in us talking, but they really don't have anybody to protect the rim. Last year, you had a lot of bigs. You had Dwight Howard that could step in. You had mm -hmm. JaVale McGee that could step in and do that same role. But with Anthony Davis, he does so many things. You would never replace Anthony Davis, but rim protection is a very important part of basketball and, mm -hmm. and taking that out, out. And, not and not having a single player that really can do that you know, obviously changes the game. So I do, you know, I don't worry about the Lakers because unless Anthony Davis just doesn't return, which that's or LeBron James goes out or whatever, as long as those guys are healthy for a playoff run, I still think they're the best team in the Western Conference. And I think that given even just a couple of weeks to prepare for the playoffs, they'll be fine. But over this stretch, I would not be surprised. In fact, I would even predict that the Lakers are going to struggle maybe more than the average person seems to think. I, I, I think they fall in the standings a little bit over these next couple of weeks. I absolutely do. I, I think so as well. Just you cover the nuggets. And I think there's, there's a, a, a parallel line of thought here, right? The nuggets have kind of fallen off. And I think Jer not having Jeremy Grant has been a bit of a, 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 a hit, but also not having Plumley. you know, just <laughs> who's, who's coming off their bench to defend the rim when Jokic goes out. I honestly, that hasn't been as much of a problem, although Mason Plumlee getting his shouts to him. He got his first triple double this week of his career. He's been mm -hmm. so close so many times. So kind of cool to see him get that, but I don't, it's not that Jokic hasn't had Jamal Murray. <laughs> the, the, no, the I just, I just yeah. mean in general, like in terms of building a team, like if you don't have somebody and, and if at first stretches of the game, nobody is standing in front of your rim right. to deter anybody from getting there. Eventually right. that's going to take its toll. I agree with you about Murray. I'm not disagreeing with you at all. Well, just, I just think every the Lakers are, are specifically dealing with this because they usually have somebody who's really, really good at that. And now they have nobody. Well, the Lakers roster construction is that they have two players that are just so hyper elite that they really cover all bases with two guys. And then you've got a bunch of very high, high level role players that are good at one thing. And you, and when you have both guys, you allow all those role players to only have to do the things that they're good at. Like they get to be in their roles comfortably and do their thing. You take out one of those two pieces and all of a sudden now we need, Hey, we need a little more rim protection from you, Montrez. Can you provide it? No. You know, we need a little bit more perimeter containment from you out there. Kyle Kuzma. Can you provide it? Maybe not. So all of, all of a sudden, all those role players have to do a little bit more. And that's why I think they're going to struggle. Um, but again, that's basketball. And it's, it's especially, the personality of the season. That's the, the phrasing I've been using now. George Carl said it to me and now I'm saying it, it, it just makes so much sense. This season has a, a personality to it. And that personality is a little bit of a randomness, a little bit of chaos. I mean, you look at the teams, there was one point we thought the Milwaukee Bucks, oh, number one seed again, just chalk them up. They've lost five in a row. The, the Raptors in heat, oh, they're they're terrible. They're not the team they were now. They're both on a, a little bit of a roll here. The personality of this, this season, I think, is just going to be teams are going to look wildly different one month to the next to the next. 
And some of that is COVID. Some of that is the shortened time frame. Some of that is the shortened turnaround for teams just to kind of, I mean, think about this, Anthony. One thing people aren't talking about, these guys, when they're on the road, not all going out to dinner for team dinners. Some mm-hmm. guys are getting together, but you think about how important it is for a team to have a team get together. Hey, we need a team outing tonight. We're going to go do karaoke or play golf or something. Teams aren't having the opportunity to do that. And I really think it makes for the camaraderie, the chemistry, and all those things to be a little bit more fragile. And you're seeing that with these streaks teams are going on, wins and losses. I have two points before we move on to the next game here. One, your next power ranking is going to be which team is the best at uh, karaoke. <laughs> two, <laughs> two uh, I think it's absolutely insane that the NBA has yet to expand rosters this year. I think it's, mm. it's bananas to me. Given, given what they were asking some of these teams to go through, given everything that we're going through because of the, the, of, of games being postponed and, and the health and safety protocols, it's insane to me that the NBA was just expecting everybody to get through this with 15-man rosters and yeah. the hard cap. It's, it's wild to me. Um, Let me just say shouts any- to Joe Harris. It'd be a shame yeah. if we got through the segment without just at least was- mentioning him. So shouts to Joe Harris, 7 of 10 tonight from the field. He's, he's crazy good when you can't leave the main – the main actors on the, on the court and Kyrie and, and uh, James Harden. One of the fastest and cleanest releases I've ever seen in the sport. Gorgeous shooter, man. Gorgeous. Such a beautiful stroke. All right. Next game here on the slate was the Toronto Raptors. The next TNT game here was uh, the Toronto Raptors taking down the Milwaukee Bucks. Adam, can I just ask you an honest question? And I don't mean to be completely reductionist on this. Oh God. It means you're about to be very reductionist, but let's hear it. Let's hear it. Why the hell aren't, the Bucks using Giannis more as a screener in the pick and roll. Like, what are we doing here? He can't, he can't shoot. He can't, he's not like he doesn't have Kevin Durant or LeBron's handle. Yeah. Like, what, what are we doing here? Is it just his own, you know, his, his request to play like that or, or what's going on? It's, it's maddening to watch them play. You know, I, this is going to sound, I always hate talking about, you know, any, anybody's job and saying like, okay, now it's time to start questioning it. And the Milwaukee Bucks still, you know, still a good team, you know, still, still a a team that has plenty of time. We talked about the personality of the season. They're in a lull. They're 16 and three. They've lost five games in a row. We'll talk about that in a second. 16 and 13, Um, 16 and 13, but yeah, what did I say? Either way, three, 16 and three, (laughs) that's a little different. (laughs) Um, But I do wonder Whenever a team has been together, core pieces have been together. I know they had Drew Holiday, but anytime you have core pieces together and the identity of the team stays the same, you always run the risk of things getting stale. And I wonder if with them, things have Mm -hmm. gotten a little stale. There's not enough creativity and not not enough difference year to year in a way that usually has helped them. That's why they've had those giant point differentials. That's why they've had hot starts and great records. But I wonder there's a tipping point where that becomes – you know, we just do the same thing. We've been doing it for five years and we win the same way for five years, lose the same way. You start to lose faith in it. And when I watch Milwaukee, that's, that's what I see a team that a team that needs a shakeup in some, some major way. That's not just Drew holiday. Middleton for Beal, make it happen. Um, that's your I, change, huh? I mean, I think I, I saw a lot of people talking even about the coaching staff and the coaching shakeup. I mean, you talk about why don't I was they surprised do they brought him back for this season in the first place. Well, like, I was really surprised. You, you you only get he's a great coach, though. This is the thing is he's a great regular season coach. We, we got to sure, start making sure. that distinction. Okay. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. But here, here's my here's, I think, a more apt point on this is that 
you know, there's great players, Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant, both great players, maybe not the perfect two to put side by side. And we've seen this over, you know, how many years, like two players can be great, but not great fits. And I wonder mm -hmm. if Budenholzer is also just expired in, in Milwaukee and maybe it's time to go on. I hate to, it, it could be something else to your point. It could be a shakeup of Bradley. I think Chris Middleton is a phenomenal player and more fits what they're doing, but who knows? They just, to me, they look stale in a way that I would be a little concerned if I was Milwaukee. Also want to give my shouts to the uh, Toronto Raptors in this one. They did win the game. Don't want to spend the whole segment here talking about uh, what's up with the Bucks, but oh, Norman I, Powell uh, goes for 29 points, yep. uh, four rebounds, three assists. And, yep. and man, I just, the, the, the Toronto Raptors the are for stretches of the, the, for stretches of the season, right? How many, how many times have we come on this show and asked like, Hey, when is Toronto really going to start turning it around? They're now at 14 and 15 and are staring down some of those spots in the playoff uh, picture. Right. And, and, and you know what shouts to them for, for them really can, you know, not, not making any uh, knee jerk reactions to the roster or, or anything with the culture or anything like that. They just recognize that eventually they were going to turn things around. They did. And now, and now they're, they're looking like one of those teams that if you're at the top of those playoff standings, you really don't want to see stick around in the bottom of them. Well, I, I think Toronto is going to be at the top of those standings. Not the, not, I think the so too. not the tippy top, but I don't think they're climbing. I mean, you look at their losses. But like, I wouldn't be on. a first. I, I wouldn't want to be the number one seed and then see Toronto at, the at like the four or five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. They're going to be tough. Although, who do you want to see? You know, I mean, Philadelphia, yeah, Brooklyn, right. they all look a little scary. But, you know, Norman Powell, you brought him up. He started the last 13 games. Raptors eight and five in those games. He's averaging 22, over 22 points points a game on 50 40 almost 90 splits um you know that again that's a team that was there last year a little bit of a change here and all of a sudden you find some new mojo and and i just think that a lot of teams that that balance between continuity and, and getting a shakeup it's, it's razor thin but shouts to them they look fantastic they've got they've they're, they're on a little bit of a run here um as i mentioned one two three four five six seven winning seven of their last ten you know they're starting to get it together all right, last uh, last game we're going to talk about here. Other game of the night is the Snoozer. Miami Heat beating the Sacramento Kings one eighteen to one ten. Miami was way out in front in this one uh, at, at some points, being up twenty. Tyler Hero kind of gets back on track here, twenty seven points, four boards, three uh, assists, and you know it's a big it, it, every win. I think at this point is kind of big for Miami. They need to start tallying wins because they're at this weird no man's land where. Do we play out the season and see how things go the rest of the year? Or do we try to make uh, some kind of swing with depreciated assets to try to turn this or save this season? I, I, I personally think their their only path forward is to to stay the course and hope that things turn around. But Miami? Yeah. I, I well, well, of course. Sorta. Well, good. Good. Because there's no way they're ever giving, especially in a season in which you have a play in. Like you only need to be the 10 seed. And yeah, Pat Riley's never going to give up on that dream. But even beyond that, I mean, we have talked and, and last you talked, you were you get to take a little victory lap on this. You were slandering the Eastern Conference. And really, it's starting to look a lot like those those bottom half teams are just they're, they're starting to fall off a little. I would take a victory lap, but I didn't stretch today, and I don't want to pull a hammy. Um, <laughs> Miami, did, I think Miami would be fine. They had a little hiccup here, losing to Utah, Lakers, and Golden State all in a row. Um, you know, good games, but that, that's three three very, very tough. That's a tough West Coast uh, swing. And they, they're they not even – I guess they're, they're a little more than halfway through this trip. They've got the Lakers in Oklahoma City on deck before they head home. That was the toughest part of their schedule, and I think – you know, starting at the end of February and, and really going for until the all-star break, they have a chance to really make up some ground. And I think their season will be made or break, you know, in that stretch.
Hope so. All right, that's going to do it for these uh, games from tonight. In the second segment here, we're going to talk about the All-Stars uh, starters that were announced, who we thought mm, were snubs, who uh, we Snubbed. think anytime we have a snub, you think somebody else should, uh, should not have been amongst those starters. Uh, and and Dallas fans, you're not going to want to listen. <laughs> Let's come back to that here in a second. We're covering everything you need to know about the NBA, but what about the rest of the sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered with there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. Today's show is also brought to you in part by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL in full swing. MLB is right around the corner as well. Bet Online even covers the awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Do you watch MTV The Challenge, Adam? No. Doesn't really surprise me. We're real time <laughs> updated odds and props on almost anything you can you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website uh, at betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit if you use the promo code locked on. So, one more time, that is betonline.ag, promo code locked on. Betonline, your sports online sportsbook experts. All right, Adam. So, the All Stars were announced. And the captains are LeBron James and Kevin Durant. Were you surprised at all that Kevin led the Eastern Conference? No. <laughs> I mean, he's been one like of the for big... votes, fan votes, and all that stuff. Like not in terms of like caliber of play, because I agree right, with you. Right, but but like given given you know the the, the turn that PR wise his career has taken, were you surprised that he was still the the I believe the top vote getter? I've been thinking about this a lot actually, Anthony, and. You know, I wasn't always the biggest Kevin Durant fan, and I didn't always understand the method to his madness. It's weird for me personally over the last year or two how I've evolved to be a lot more just intrigued by him and his and some mm. of his personality quirks and, and his thorniness to fans and media and what have you. And I wonder, I always think if I'm feeling or thinking something, I can't be the only one on earth. So I wonder if fans are just coming around a little bit more towards guys like him and Kyrie who have maybe been just a little bit different than your polished, you know, uh, buttoned up type of superstar. And I, I wonder if people are coming around to it. I don't know, but you know, on top of that, he's, he's looked really good at moments this season, some of the best basketball of his career. So I'm not too surprised. Yeah. I, I actually really agree with that point about the not polishedness about it. Right. Like look at the, Western Conference and how far behind all the top vote getters that Paul George was this year, for example. Mm. And Paul George is this guy that I don't want to call, I don't want to say that he's not genuine. Oh, but, he puts his foot in his mouth. It's not about genuineness. He always has to put his foot in his mouth. Right. Well, I like you. So one of the things that one of my favorite things to do in in covering the league in the way that we did when especially when Paul George was potentially going to be a Lakers, I would go back and I would talk to people who covered him with the Pacers and and I would go back and I would talk to people who covered him with the Thunder and then now with the Clippers. 
and and like their favorite kind of inner circle hashtag was Paul George saying things, right? right? Right. And and he just says the kind of thing that he thinks will win him that room, but doesn't really recognize that yeah. what he says in that room sure. is going to go beyond that room. Right. And and I think uh, while KD has said and especially you know done things in terms of like the choices he's made and you know going to the Golden State in the first place that might rub people the wrong way. He is very much Kevin Durant. Yeah. And F you if you don't like it, kind right. of sort of. And 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 you know, I think I think at this stage, I the more and more that I think about it, I appreciate that about Kevin Durant more than I do Paul George doing like the opposite of that. Yeah. I and I think a lot of people just kind of have enjoyed that that and I think gain new perspective too about athletes and their relationship to the fans and in, in the 21st century and and some of those things. So um you know, LeBron has, it's, it's great. I think that him and LeBron are squaring off against each other, not just because I think in my opinion, they're probably the two best players in the NBA, mm-hmm. um, but also, and they play similar possession yeah, position and get to go against each other and are both fighting for that title. Of- it really does feel like, like the, the actual vibe that we were supposed to get yeah. with this concept, right? The two best dudes on the playground is going to go out and pick their teams. It's great. And, like I LeBron and Giannis didn't ever feel like LeBron and Curry. So I think LeBron and KD, it, it finally feels like, okay, I like this. This is a, mm-hmm. you know, this is a good, this is a good schoolyard pick them. But, um, you know, LeBron's very polished. He's very like, I think always aware of how things are received and, and has so much control over the narrative about himself and this or that. And I think KD so like doesn't in a way that I think people maybe just kind of, he becomes a perfect balance to LeBron in that way and, and that people appreciate. But I mean, this, we're playing pop psychology on the general population of the world right now. <laughs> yeah. um, but the lists are right. fun though. The, the all-star list is fun. All right. So the uh, list that we have right now, so you have the top vote getters in the front court for the West, LeBron, Jokic, yeah. and Kawhi Leonard. In the backcourt in the West, Steph Curry, Luka, Right, Dame. I already see one. Being, I already uh, see one. I don't like, but all right, let's keep going. Well, Dame and Anthony Davis wind up being the first players left out of the starting lineup uh, in the West, and then in the uh, in the East, you have Kevin Durant, Giannis, and Joel Embiid in the front court, and then you have Bradley Beal and Kyrie Irving uh, being the back court in that Eastern yeah. Conference. So. Uh, I, it, you, you sound like you're ready to, to, to jump ready. off and pop off about this, uh, the snub that you're talking about. Don't I you think you and it? I are going to, snub? going to, huh? I always love it. The snubs, the snub, well, who was well, snubbed? They, the only, the only it. thing is like, the only thing is snub is a fun word, right? That's yeah, pretty fun. It's kind of like, you know, I don't know. I, anyway, but the, uh, the, 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 the player that I think you and I both agree on, mm. Who is the first snub and the biggest snub, loudest snub of all of the uh, all-star selections is probably Damian Lillard, right? I think easily. And he's really had a great, you know, like a couple weeks. I mean, he's had a great year, but he's had a, a great couple weeks in that, you know, his team, myself, I was the first last week we did this where I told you, I don't understand it. This Portland team keeps winning. Um, and they continue to win. It's They're become now a bit and like every time I have to talk about Portland on Lockdown Lakers, I always make a joke about how frustrated this, this Portland team makes you. They, well, they do, but I have to respect it too. Like, it's, yeah, look, you have to. I'm I by no means trying to take it away from them. They keep winning. So, and now what are they on a, a win streak here, six in a row? Um, 
And, and over that span, Damian Lillard's points, 43, 31, 34. He's got a 30 in there, 36. I mean, he just continues to do this, uh, you know, put up big numbers, come up clutch. So if you ask me who's a better player, Luca or Damian Lillard, I would say Damian Lillard. Or I'm sorry, I'd say Luca because I think Luca is a better player. But we talk about all-star. What has a t- person done? I, it's close. I, I I do think it's weird to say snub because I really don't. I really do think we put too much emphasis on individuals when it's a team game. But um, but at the same time, Lillard has played some inspiring basketball over the last two or three weeks, and and it would feel to me, maybe not rationally, but it would feel a little bit better if he was if he was in. Just in terms of the entertainment value. If you had to choose, like, you know, one guy for this game, who would you rather have, Luke or Dame? All things being equal. I think it's easily, I think it's easily Dame because Luca, as great as he is, you've already got LeBron as your lead ball handler. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I, I, and so I don't know. I, I don't know that you, this game needs a Luca, what Luca provides most. Dame, on the other hand, you know, he's going to be able to shoot off the bounce, take it off. I mean, so I'd probably say Dame. Over under one and a half passes that Damian Lillard throws when he gets into the game over over I mean he does so many here's what's here's what's tough about it though actually if you no, but like him, he's gonna be gunning for MVP like this is maybe, the most maybe, I think I think rightly maybe. angry I don't think he's, anybody's he's been about oh no man I don't think anybody's gunning for the MVP I this is the sad thing like, this is, the, we, well, we, we we, this is a, it, a different topic but yeah but it's the fine. same topic though I but Here's the thing, though, that I think, it, especially when you look at these teams, okay, Jokic versus Embiid. Well, that's a great matchup. Everybody, anytime you see any post on, on Twitter about Jokic or Embiid, it all, or just not, not even a post about, say, Embiid with the basket, somebody in the comments, Jokic better. Same thing for Jokic. So you put those guys against each other. That's a great matchup. Giannis and LeBron, or, or I'm sorry, Giannis and uh, Kawhi, great matchup. Really great mm-hmm. matchup. Two phenomenal defenders. LeBron and KD, the best matchup. You don't get better than that. <laughs> yeah. uh, if, if you get to the other side, Bradley Beal and, uh, you know, Bradley Beal, Kyrie Irving versus Steph and Dame. Like, that's a that's another great matchup. But I know it's schoolyard pick style. But throwing Luka in there, now Luka has to match up with one of Steph, Kyrie, or Beal. That's not a matchup that you naturally put together. If you had Dame in there, I just feel like you would have five great one-on-one matchups that would make for a really fun all-star game. I feel a lot better about Luca being an all-star if you played any defense whatsoever. Oh man, you're just gonna keep tripling down, <laughs> just tripling down on it. Wow. <laughs> Remember, that's Anthony Irwin, everybody, Dallas fans. That's Ant. That's not Adam Mattis. That's Anthony Irwin at HM Fagan on Twitter. Come at me, bro. <laughs> uh, all right, last last thing before we get out of here because you kind of alluded to it, and and this is gonna be the 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 giant pink elephant in the room for all of this all-star stuff is how many of these guys actually want to participate in it. When they get there, I think they want to, they'll participate. I don't think anybody's going to go Rashid Wallace. Do you remember the year Rashid Wallace was a replacement player? I think he was in like the Dominican or something and he was already on vacation. They said, Hey man, we need you as a reserve to come in. And he came in. I think he only shot one handed. Like he, like he just let it be known. He, I don't think anybody's going to pull a full Rashid. So I think once these guys get there, I mean, you got guys that are in. Amb- well, but will they actually show up? Though is is my question because I, I like show I, up. Of course, all I'm saying is that it wouldn't necessarily shock me if LeBron tweaked a hammy. Oh, in before. I here's the thing: LeBron, Steph, um, you know. I guess those guys mainly. <laughs> I think they understand the responsibility they have to the league. I'm looking around. I'm at KD, Kyrie. Yeah, maybe those guys. I could see. <laughs> I could see a tight hamstring popping up on one of those guys. But 
I don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll probably have a better sense of that a couple of weeks from now. Where I wanted to go before we got out of here was yeah. we look at these five guys and we say, okay, Katie and LeBron, you want to give me who you think is the LeBron squad? Who are the LeBron guys on this list and who are the KD guys? All right. You, so know, you know what I, I really like is Steph. Who's going to take Steph? LeBron, KD? Is he the last pick? <laughs> <laughs> like, what happens to Steph? <laughs> well, he can't be the last pick because Jokic is going to be the last pick. You think? I'm curious about that too. I'm curious where Jokic goes. Could be last. So I think I think Kawhi is the first pick. Okay. Giannis is the second pick. Really? See, I don't think Giannis is the second pick. Well, who goes above him? Well, well I, I think I, I, I think Katie Katie picks Kyrie. Katie picks Kyrie first. Kyrie, yeah, you're right. You got to keep that locker room happy. And then, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Embiid goes next and Beal right after him. Like you get the shooters, and then all like Jokic, Giannis, Steph, Luca. Those guys need the ball. Well, LeBron no, and KD don't want to give him the ball. So, <laughs> I mean, Kawhi's Kawhi's gonna go top. Like he's gonna be a top four or five pick. Oh no, quite. I yeah, I had him up there. Kawhi, yeah, for Kawhi. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Kawhi, so Kyrie, I think Bradley Beal. Those guys will go and, and Embiid. I think those guys will go quick. Yeah, I think. Oh man, it's tough. Man, I don't know. I, I I would probably like. I think Steph's the last pick. <laughs> I think he might be Steph. Steph, Luca, and Jokic are all going to be fighting for last pick. You honest? You imagine how you, angry man, Warriors Twitter is going to be about this? <laughs> I can't. I can't wait for it. I wish I that this was it. televised. <laughs> all right. Uh, oh, last little note on this, and and it's a Lakers specific thing, but I host Locked On Lakers, so you guys are stuck with it. I think it's really interesting that Anthony Davis uh, is not a starter as the second best player on a Lakers team that won a championship last year. Now, yes, he's dealing with injuries, but so is Kawhi Leonard. And, 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 uh, but in terms of fan vote and those things, I, you know, I, it's really fascinating to me that AD didn't, didn't get more support behind him from a gigantic Lakers fan base. So LeBron does, man. He turns everybody against the second star. LeBron had no help. He had no. He got an MVP because he carried this team. The team had nothing but hot garbage. What everybody wanted everyone to think, and AD was saying, all the fans were like, you know what? Not AD. LeBron's doing it all himself. AD, we sh- we can't even vote for him, man. That's what happens. It's, it's as good a theory as any. A- right. Ask out, ask out, AD. <laughs> ask out. It's time. Get out now. <laughs> <laughs> the get out poster is going to be anthony davis <laughs> all right that's going to do it for this uh for this segment here when we come back adam is going to give us his top how many how many uh, artists are we talking about here well i always do top five if you're all right the so show, top like five anthony artists is. plus some honorable mentions and an explanation for how he's defining an artist in the first place uh so when we go back we're going to listen to prince Today's show is brought to you in part by BuiltBar.com. Head on over to BuiltBar. Use that promo code LOCKEDON for a 20% discount on your next order of the best protein bars you can possibly get. Uh, Adam, we have both been enjoying this coconut puff bar. It tastes to me exactly like a mound bar. It's so good. Oh, I think it's like even better. It's like mounds and Oreo mixed together. I'm telling you, it's so good. I'm out. I already ate them all. What's great, what's great about it, though, is that like it's a mound bar that doesn't give me the guilty feeling as soon as I eat it. Oh, of course. That's what's great about them. Yeah. Yeah. You metabolize them so quickly. 
It's made with a premium collagen protein blend, 16 grams of protein, 130 calories, only six grams of sugar. It's gluten-free, preservative-free, and unfortunately, it's a limited time only. So make sure you get in on this as soon as you possibly can. Again, that is BuiltBar.com. Use that promo code locked on uh, for a 20% discount on your next order. Not your first, but your next. So you can continue to use that promo code locked on however many times you head back to the website to get either it's this coconut puff bar or any of the fabulous uh, flavors that they have there. One more time, that's BuiltBar.com, promo code locked on. All right, Adam, we both have our berets on. Explain to me <laughs> how you're defining artistry in the NBA. Well, and it's it's kind of difficult to to define really, but just the, a player that plays with an artistry, you know, has a either an appreciation or a natural, um, you know, ability to make the game beautiful, to play it in a unique way, to where, where beauty and grace seem to take over for for maybe like just my like, hosting right it's it is you are definitely the artist of this uh of this team for sure you were you're absolutely an artist um but uh you're like when the i love i love it when i say something that like just so clearly jars you i was not had, ready like, for that i had a like two, I, I was gonna go too mean i had it i had i had a comeback but it was a little too harsh that's like i better not um <laughs> No, but you just like, you know, I think Allen Iverson was an artist. I think Kobe Bryant was an artist. Michael Jordan mm -hmm. was an artist. You know, George Gervin, Magic Johnson had an artistry to him. A lot of greats. But what it is, is, you know, inventing the game in a new way, playing it through a new way and a way that is, is um, there's just something beautiful to it, even if it's, if, if, if it's not necess necessary. Manu Ginobili, I think, was, was an artist. Um, Akeem Olajuwon was an artist. So Fecundo Campasso is an Campasso artist. Campasso is. Right? He's, he's not quite, you know, he hasn't been in the league quite long enough and he's not quite big, you know, enough of a player, but he, he would be he the type of guy. He does nothing but no look passes. Tia Dosich, I think, is like, he was in the yeah. league a while, a while ago. He's like an yeah. artist. And not, it's not just great passers. I mean, you think about guys that really invent new ways to score. Uh, Dirk, even, I think, a bit of an artist. Gilbert Arenas. So, Gilbert Arenas, an artist. So, you know, there's that. that's kind of what I mean. We, and we did talk about, you could almost split guys into three three sections and, and players are usually some combination of this, but there's an artist, there's a scientist where maybe there's not so much art to it, but it's just effective. It's like, hey, a very mm -hmm. technically technical way to approach the game. Tim Duncan, probably a scientist more than an artist. And then you have a force of nature. And I think Zion would be that. Like he, there's a little artistry to the way he plays basketball, but more than anything, he's just a force of nature. So mm -hmm. That, that's how I would describe it. So now, without further ado, are you ready for the uh, the uh, honorable mentions? Absolutely. Bubble Murray. Not, not <laughs> Jamal Murray. Bubble Murray. <laughs> Jamal Murray, not an artist. But Bubble Murray was like, I think yeah. he was, it was the most artistic expression of basketball that we saw inside of the bubble. I mean that sincerely. He yeah. had the 360 layups. He had the up and under over LeBron. He had the step. He just had so many like gorgeous basketball plays um that he he gets on that list for me carmelo anthony is an artist i think the Ooh, way he plays basketball one. is just so like i mean it's like mozart that's just so technically gorgeous um mm -hmm. but uh Lu luca can, can I, I actually really quick really quickly say an important aspect to this artistry is almost like a stubbornness to like stand by sure. your art you know sure. there's a like, lot like, of stubborn like, players on this list for sure 
Yeah, I, but but I, it's it's you know sometimes it's endearing, sometimes it's infuriating. But regardless, it, that that player you know refuses to you know abide what the 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 sport demands of them. It's perhaps, incredible. I I, 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 I like I, lo- I love this category. You texted it to me, and I I legitimately like <laughs> told you know it's like oh my god I love this one. This is a good. I one. get lucky every now and then. Luca, I think Luca has a bit of an artistry to him. Um, you know, he's got some great passes. He's a unique player. He's a very unique style. But I, right, it's kind of stock kind of low even on the artist scale right now. Yeah, Fully John Morant. Defense. John Morant more of a force of nature than anything. But there's an artistry to the way he sort of throws his body at the rim. Um, yeah. you know, he just kind of launches his body without a plan so often, and then just figures the plan out as he goes. And it's, it's yeah, just beautiful. think like those those artists who like grab big amounts of paint and just chucks yeah. it at the wall yeah. you know, kind of thing. And, yeah. and, and it, and it somehow produces like this really emotional, you know, beautiful thing that, that, that really like forces you to feel a certain way. I, I, I love that about Ja. Well, speaking of making you feel a certain type of way, I think Russell Westbrook is that type of player. I mean, yeah. he's like pure emotion and adrenaline expressed, you know, like an artistic expression of anger and, and like, you know, intensity on the basketball court. Trey Young, I think, has an artistry to him as well, but he's also – and then Derrick Rose. I, you know, I think Derrick Rose – if you think about this, Derrick Rose plays the point guard position unlike anybody else. Like, he, he is a form. You, you mm-hmm. would compare a player to a Derrick Rose the way he, he sort of shifts. So I think there's that. Chris Paul, I, well, I put this message, this question out on, on Twitter, and a lot of people said Chris Paul. He didn't make my top five, and maybe I'm wrong on that. You could let me know, you know, hit me up on Twitter. But – um he's more of a scientist to me than an artist. He's a little hmm. bit of both. He's a little bit of both, but I, to me, there's just a technicalness to the way he plays the game that the top five guys above him, I think it's different. I think young Chris Paul, more of an artist as he got older, he became a lot more technical and more, more scientific than, than he was yeah. earlier in his career. Maybe well, lobs early lob city. Yeah, I could see it. All right. Mm-hmm. Are you ready for my top five? There's really Ooh, Jamal I think, Crawford. Jamal Crawford needs to go on this list of like all time. What team's he on? Artist. Huh? What team is he on? Oh, you're no, talking no, no, about I'm the all time. I'm just okay. saying like, you know, you were talking about like older players who, who played with right. some artistry to him. I sure, Jamal sure. Crawford is, is up there for me. All right. Sorry. Go ahead. So my top five here, number five, I have James Harden. Don't always love the way he plays. You could argue that there's a, te- there's a technical aspect to it. I mean, he is the analytics ball player, you know, he is mm-hmm. the ultimate but I do think that the way he also invented a new style of basketball that nobody else has played to the degree that he's played it. And, you know, his footwork, the a wide variety of moves that he has and the different things he's able to do with ease. I, I think he's an artist. I Whether think, you like him or hate him. I, 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 I air closer to the second of those things, but like, I think if, so a lot of people are going to ask you like, Hey, if, if, uh, if Doncic is not an artist, then how is Harden an artist? And I think uh, the fact that Harden came first to me makes him more of an artist, whereas whereas Doncic is is a, is a little bit more scientific in that, yeah. like he he's he's utilizing a lot of those same things that make Harden so efficient. But also Doncic, part of what makes him so effective is his size in a way that with Harden too. I mean, he's a he's a really stocky, strong Especially player now, and he's six five, whatever. But Doncic you know, it just takes a little bit less almost because he's so good at using his body to gain a little bit of that finishing touch around the rim. Whereas James Harden, I think just the moves are, they're quicker. They're, they're, they're a little bit more, you know, schoolyard. And so he gets it for me. 
Um, the, the next guy, there's this, there's like layers to that. I think this is actually a list that has, sometimes I'm like one through five, it's hard. You could argue me. I think this list is in the appropriate order, in my opinion. Okay. The next one is a rookie. It's LaMelo Ball. <laughs> it's a rookie. I know this is, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but LaMelo Ball pl- un- plays the game unlike anybody else. He really mm-hmm. does. He plays the, he's, he is inventing a new style of basketball. There's been pieces of it. He's standing on the shoulders of other, even greater players that have played, you know, that have given him little pieces, but just the way he throws the ball, the way he runs, the way he attacks the basket, the way he shoots, everything about his game is unique, but at, the, at least at the very moment, it, he, he's playing it like an art. He's the new artist on the scene that we're like, oh, wow, look at this, a whole new sound, <laughs> a whole new sound to him. If Lonzo hadn't preceded him, would we be talking about LaMelo as like one of the more interesting rookies to come along in quite some time we i think we are i mean no, no, i think no, we, that... we kind of i think some are i think well, I some mean, if... like some who have been able to separate themselves but i'm seeing i'm saying like the the general understanding of the set the general analysis the popular I, analysis I of it's... him i think would really change if if lonzo hadn't come first i don't think it's lonzo i think it's i think it's charlotte i mean we're talking about lonzo going to a lakers you know, shoe stores being sold out, got lines around the block before he ever played a single game, a single summer league game, even mm-hmm. going from that much buzz and craze. And we kind of used up a lot of energy on the ball family. And then mm-hmm. for him to be in Charlotte and doing this thing where he's still great enough that everybody's kind of tuning in or a lot of people are tuning in, but I just think it's the, and maybe even in a good way, an appropriate amount of attention on him for him to sort of have the, because remember his first 10 games or so weren't that great. You know, he was struggling to find his footing and now he's got it. So, but he, I mean, he's, he's pretty much, he's pretty close to must see TV for me already. Just in that he's, he's kind of like, whenever these artists arrive, whether it's Iverson or Jordan or Kobe or whatever, they, they tend to have more influence on the players because they're doing something that everybody's kind of watching going, Ooh, I didn't think to do it that way. But I'm mm-hmm. gonna, you know, I'm gonna try to copy that. And I wonder if Lamelo Lamelo Ball plays a style like that where I'm watching it and I'm going like, "Ooh, I'm looking at basketball through new eyes." That's a really cool way of putting it. All right, what's the next one? Number three, Nikola Jokic. I, I was just waiting, like where he was. So basically, do you sit there every week and find He's a power ranking it. where He's you can put it. where you can put Jokic in the top five somehow? They just, he so it's like, the is the next one going to be every, like is, every good thing? Like, I just don't know what to say. <laughs> What's the next one going to be like, like top five kind of chubby seven footers who can shoot? Well, yeah, for real. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> top, top five Balkans. We're going to let's go. No, um, I, 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 but like for the sake of this category, I thought he was going to be higher to be completely honest. I, I honestly think number one and two are like, they're definitive, but um, all right. Yo, Jokic to me is also definitively number three in this way. Like, first of all, what's his closest comp of all time? Like, <laughs> honestly, I, I'm open to anything because he doesn't have one. I think Larry Bird is honestly his closest comp, but he's a center. Larry Bird is a forward. They're different personalities. Like, obviously, Larry Bird, a three-time champion, you know, uh, all, all the accolades that and Le- Jokic would be lucky to get close to any of those. But I hear people say Bill Walton. I'm like, I don't, you know, no game was so different. Skill sets were different. They passed. I mean, a little bit. Arvita Sabonis, not really. Um, well, y- young Sabonis was what I was thinking. Even you know, then, like, though, like Sabonis pre, just pre so NBA. much more. 
Yeah, but I'm telling you, you know, Sabonis, and part of this was just because the nature of basketball. Like you have yeah, to have a new, you have to, to have someone do something new that makes everyone realize that maybe that was possible. But Sabonis just much more of a stationary player, whether that was the elbow or the block, and those were the two spots he operated most, or the or the very top of the key. But it was How? stationary. Even Powell, I mean, a little bit, but I guess we're just going to throw out every white European center and just <laughs> see which one's. I'm trying sticks, to think, but... like, like the point is, there's nobody that is that close to him. Like if you said Kobe. Rashid's kind of a fun one. Kind, but not really. Again, not really. Um, yeah. And that's my point. Jokic, you know, inventing new styles of basketball, new brands of basketball that are already coming on, just more and more teams trying to leverage their their bigs in different roles and bigs saying like, hey, maybe I can dribble and pass and do this stuff and, and trying things out. But number one, Jokic, there's a video of all of his game winners, and there's a lot of them, his go-ahead buckets in the final 30 seconds or whatever, and almost every single one of them is just ugly as hell. <laughs> like, you look at it and you go, like, what's that release point? Like, what's he doing? And that's just his game. He, the ball, like, oh. leaves the camera view. For, yeah, he holds <laughs> the ball in weird him. ways. He passes it in weird ways. He shoots it in weird ways. He just does weird stuff. And to me, there's an artistry to it. He, he'll be a guy with six turnovers, and next two turnovers in a row next time down he'll throw it over his head for no reason you'll be like and he just can't help himself he's an artist on the court something i'm i'm realizing is part of your list or or like the definition of artists is that like all of these guys you have to be able to refer to them by one name or like a, a, yeah you know. well my list is definitely all one name guys so there's <laughs> that there might be something to it the last thing i'll say on Jokic is and this hasn't caught on mainstream quite yet but he has invented a shot there's not many guys that have the a Sambor the, shuffle the Sambor thing. shuffle. He's from Sambor, Serbia, a little tiny town in Serbia. So the Sambor shuffle He's a right-handed shooter. He shuffles like literally shuffles his feet to the right, takes one dribble as he shuffles and mm-hmm. jumps off his right leg and shoots a right one legged fadeaway off his right yeah, leg. Like and an he's phenomenal at it. And it's actually sneaky effective. It throws the defense off. It kind of puts him at an off angle where you can't really block it. And I'm so curious to see, He's not quite popular enough for people to co- to to copy it, but I'm really curious if there's going to be any other players that ever attempt to take the Sambor shuffle the way they took the Dirk one-legged fadeaway. Yeah, it's it's such a it's such a counterintuitive shot because you're jumping off of the same same leg that you're releasing your, you know, it's a right leg, right, you know, yeah, right it's... foot, right hand shot, and it's such a difficult shot that like you would have to go out of your way to really master it in the same way that i you know i don't know if people would be comfortable enough taking it also like my my thing with with jokic and and this applies to a lot of the guys but more so jokic than the other ones is he does all, he seems to have a lot of like effort i'm trying it oh that, exactly moves. and that's the neat and that is you maybe know? the most core tenant of the artist in basketball yeah. is the like i'm just gonna try so many guys go into the lab and they work on okay i'm gonna work on this move or that move it's like a move in a textbook that they're studying the artists, they're like, let me just try some crazy stuff. Nobody's ever tried a right-legged shot. Let's try that. Well, like he's like for for no reason. Sometimes you'll see him shoot the ball with an arc that, like I, I joked earlier, but the ball will leave <laughs> the the, the uh, picture for like a full second because he shot the ball so straight up in the air, and then you'll see it just like fall back down to totally. the basket, and it's like. You know, you could have gotten away with a little extra arc, but you didn't need to have it like bring down rain, right? <laughs> Literally, totally. and, but he just does it. You know, I just feel like I just felt like it. Number two on my list is Steph Curry. 
I yeah. think he has to go on this list. I mean, he invent think you talk about guys that invented a new brand of basketball, but just the idea of just jacking up insanely contested three pointers or three pointers from so far behind the arc or three pointers mm-hmm. off of any type of balance. Doesn't matter. Figure it out. Once you get in the air, that's him and, and his incredible handle, you know, some all time great. I'm driving into traffic. I don't know what I'm doing. And then something beautiful comes of it. Um, even getting three pointers off. How many iconic plays do we have where he's eight dribbles where you're like what the heck is he doing all of a sudden he's going into shooting motion and it's nothing but net i think steph curry is a true true basketball artist i think the way that he shoots because it's so different from your typical like beautiful jumper you know the fact that he shoots it you know from from kind of his hip right it looks like he's just bang and the ball's out of his hands you know and and uh the fact that it's so different and yet so effective and he's so good at it. And he's so just so thoroughly revolutionized the sport and what we thought was capable as a shooter, right? This notion that actually shooting a 30, 35 footer is a good shot. Right. You know, and it is, and now it is because guys have learned. That's what I mean. He thought to try it out because of his talent. And now it's just second nature. And it's a part of basketball. It's a, I mean, that's a, that's a true artist. And then on top of that, phenomenal passer really good at handling the ball of an incredible finisher around the rim all creative finisher just, yeah 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 all right so who's number one for you because i there's somebody on my mind right now that you i don't think have mentioned even in your honorable mentions that i'm kind of curious about but all right let's 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 hear it for who's me number one for me it's kyrie irving okay like yeah because all right so he's number one who makes the sense. number one artist in fact, I so when we talk about the triangle, because like Kevin Durant was the guy that wasn't in LeBron James, those guys to me, like Kevin Durant is an artist, a scientist, and a force of nature. He's like the very center of that triangle. He's yeah. a little bit of all of it. LeBron James, more of a force of nature and a scientist than an artist, but he's a little bit of all of it. Kyrie mm-hmm. Irving, I think, is almost entirely artist. <laughs> Definitely yeah. not a scientist. Definitely not a scientist. Not really a force of nature. Well, I mean, he's he is- anti-science, so it kind of makes sense. <laughs> But I mean, even like some of the stuff he does is like, you know, we inefficient or whatever, you know, the nerds don't like it and you look at this or that or, or whatever, but, and the same goes for force of nature. You know, he's pretty small average point guard height, maybe even on the small mm-hmm. side, he's pretty quick with the basketball, but he's not Russell Westbrook, you know, force of nature. He's almost pure scientist, pure skill. And the way he uses and applies that skill is just so fascinating. I mean, he's one of those guys that has, how many players can you say have successfully pulled off? a move that nobody in history has ever pulled off. And I think Kyrie has probably pulled off like 30 moves that nobody else has before or since <laughs> replicated. It just came out of his own creative sort of stream of conscious playing. At least four or five times a game, he'll have a finish around the rim that I'll just be like, how did you even think to try that? How did you think to try it is a great way to put it. Cause it's not, how did you try it? It's how did you even come up with that? Like we're going to yeah. try this thing. And then, and then, you know, you're talking about like so, some of the moves that he's made that nobody else has made the, the, maybe the most critical shot in the history of basketball, right. Was his step back going to his right, the three point range. Uh, most step backs, like historically speaking, have been going to the ball handlers offhand, right? This is a strong hand step back going from three point range, biggest shot of that game. And he cans it and it was <laughs> <laughs> it took down like one of the best teams of all time. And, and I'm, and, and every, as soon as he released it, I'm sure a lot of people, vast majority of people are like, Oh man, that's good. Yeah. yeah. That's good. And then every time he shoots that shot now, not nope, yeah, That's, that's a good look. Yeah. 
I mean, he's he's a true he's a true artist. He's very much an Iverson type artist to me, where it's the form outweighs the function in a way that, like, I, I do think I do wonder if M- the NBA, the average NBA fan experience, has moved too far into the like, you know, scientific the, the scientific aspect of it of like, hey, we really want to look at the numbers and we want to get into this and that. Like Iverson would have been hated, man, if he played in this era. I mean, there have been so many guys talking yeah. about how in if he oh, actually man, isn't he better than uh, Eric Snow when you look at the on-off differential. It's like, all right, we're losing something here because Twitter, Twitter with Alan Iverson right now would be, I would not, I don't think I would be able to exist on Twitter if I'd I would be told like I have to not like Alan Iverson. But I think the artistry <laughs> is a thing that fans just can stop and, and appreciate a little bit about it. I mean, we were joking about this earlier in, in our group chat. I know this stuff annoys you. We overthink things sometimes. And it was, became very clear last year inside the bubble. The Lakers had LeBron and AD and we kept ta- trying to talk ourselves into all this other stuff. Sometimes the game is simple. And especially when we overemphasize, you know, like we all try to play the GM and the coach and we, I, what plays can they run on the effectiveness we focus so much on that and the game actually gets really simple sometimes when you really get into that too far, but there is an artistry that can just be like, you know, what's fun watching Kyrie do this move that I've never seen before and come up with it on the fly. And I don't care if it's effective. I don't care if it's replicable. I don't care if it was, if he had a wide open guy on the wing, it just was a beautiful moment and a beautiful expression of basketball that I I want to appreciate. And that part of the game, that's why I wanted to do this one. That part of the game is, uh, I, I feel like it's fading a little bit. The appreciation for it is fading. I agree. Like, like the, the, I mean, in sports in general, right. Entertainment is giving way to competition and, and organizations, teams, players, whatever the, the things that we value in sports are all based off of what scientifically analytically gives teams the best chance of winning. Whereas like, we just keep, (laughs) it's, it's okay for stars to just sit games because it gives them a better chance of winning a championship later in the year. Entertainment is just kind of given way to that line of thinking. And, and, and I completely agree guy that went unmentioned here though, Dame, you don't well, have Dame I, on your list. I, get, I think Dame is a little bit, you know, more in the like scientist artist, like, like he's, he's a little bit more kind of like the Luca to, to a little Dame, bit, you know, Luca also- is to harden what Dame is to Steph kind of thing. A little bit, but also like, you know, some of the, Damien, this, this has nothing to do with a player. Like, Kyrie's not the greatest player in the NBA. This is oh, by no means not. just that. I, I'm just letting the audience know. With Dame, I think what some some of what he does, he pulls up, you know, the logo threes and things like that, which are pretty spectacular. But it's what he does is a lot of really good basketball, you know, coming off of the mm. screen with great footwork and going into it. And it's great. It's a little more technical to me than, than of a, a step who just seems a little bit more like chaos on a basketball court. Yeah. No. I'm, I'm, it's your a little list. more of a, a little more. I'd just say he's a little more on the, I just thought we had end. to mention him because of the, you know, the other guys that we've mentioned through, I this. think he's a little more on the scientist side of things than the, than the artist, but you know, he's, he has artistry to him as well, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it, it the, the two kind of go hand in hand because the art doesn't really take place. It, it's, it's like Jason Williams, right. Was sure. a fantastic artist, but the science wasn't there to back up what he was doing from well, a results. Standpoint. I think music, music is the best example of this. Like you can get people who are technically brilliant guitarists. Eric and, Clapton. No, no. They work at the guitar center or something, you know, oh. like they're really good at it, but they're not okay. an artist. Like, okay. Like, Hey man, like you're just like, wow, this guy is an incredible guitar player. And then you have artists who maybe aren't great. Bob Dylan, not a great singer. He's not one of the best singers, but he's a pure artist. Like he's, he understands the art on, on a level. Most people never get to. So there, there's that, 
there's a differentiation there that Damian Lillard, I think, obviously fantastic player, but I think more of a in between scientist. I could get high and talk about this all day long, but the uh, the show has to end at some point. <laughs> so that's going to do it for this episode and this week's episode of the Locked On NBA podcast. Make sure you guys are tuning in, uh, not just to this feed, which we got you guys covered Monday through Friday, but across the entire uh, Locked On NBA, MLB, NFL, NCAA basketball, NCAA football, uh, all of the all of your favorite teams, hockey. We have you guys covered. So again, uh, please enjoy the rest of your week. Adam and I will be back next Friday to talk to you guys about whatever his next list is. Oh, I think, what do we agree on? Your, your next list is going to be... I don't know. We change. We don't decide till Friday. So oh, I know. Nice had, I, had a, I, I had the thing that I was going to ask. We don't decide till Friday. Have a great weekend, everybody. Be safe. Be good to everyone. We'll see you next week. Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible T-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike.